Cobbacy families and welcome to the Cobbacy Evening Fireside Podcast. The Warriors and the Rovers are in their beds. The sun has long since gone down over the bunks and it's time for you to find out what happened today. Each morning before the boys sleepily shuffle off to morning flags, blue sheets are put on each wooden breakfast table and they are the color of a main summer sky and each boy and each counselor looks over those blue sheets to see what will happen today. This is your Blue Sheet Report about what did happen today. And just in case you were wondering, we had some wild weather today. We thought it was going to be just one big old block of hot 91 degree weather. And that was not the case. We had not one, but two thunderstorms roll right through camp at crucial moments. One during lunch and the other right in the middle of our hopeful round at 4 o'clock. So we'll get to that story in just a second. But Cobbacy was washed clean. Everyone got to run through the rain. Everyone also got to go swimming. Energy is high, and the competition, Cobbacy families, has been fierce. So here we go with the Blue Sheet Report for today. Day three of Color War, the second full day of action. Here we go. The day started with a 645 staff tennis match, and then off at 715, Reveille. Everybody practicing all kinds of different things on the big open fields. One team around the Cabo Dome, the other team around the volleyball court. Everybody marched up to the flagpole at 7.45. And then at 7.50, the two-person egg toss. Yep, all kinds of athleticism here at Cobbacy. Silent breakfast. And at 8.20, the Iron Cross. IJ and Mika standing there holding one basketball in each hand, trying to outlast the other, not dropping their hands and not bending their elbows. It is so hard, there's so much cheering. It was a really long one today because both men are very strong. Slight edge to Mika, slight edge to Gray. I should point out before I get into the rest of this that Gray has been leading by a substantial amount the first day and a half. And I'm not gonna tell you what happens, but let's just say it gets real, real interesting today. Then an inspection and then round seven. Here were the round seven elements Group one had soccer, group two had climbing, archery, and darts, group three, gaga, group four, tennis, group five, basketball, group six, football, and then group seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven, and the staff, a track meet. It was intense way up there on the upper sports field in the sun, but they did it anyways. It was really well run, really well competed, and really well coached. They were down here on time for round eight. Basketball skills for group one, gaga for group two. Cross country for group three, soccer for group four, climbing archery and darts for group five, tennis for group six, combined football kick for group seven, football for group eight, cross country for group nine, softball for 10, and 11 had around the bases at Bluey Field. That's the great speedy track meet. Then a silent lunch, and then things started to go a little sideways. In the middle of lunch, 
As the kids are walking up, actually, I look up and I see this big old cloud, and I went back and checked the radar, and sure enough, it was like someone had set loose a single cell to disrupt lunch. So we ate lunch on the double. Everybody got seconds. Everybody got to run through the rain back to their bunks right before the thunder started. It was kind of perfect timing. I think we ate lunch in 29 minutes. And then it was back to the bunks. And they got to be in the bunks. The temperature dropped. Everyone felt this total relief after the the hot day. And it seemed like the back of this heat wave may have been broken. But that was not to be. Because at 5.15, the storm had moved on. And what do you know? It got hot all over again. So we got out of our bunks and we went down to the waterfront. Everyone got to swim and also have team time on the hill, a beautiful hill above the waterfront. And then, what do you know? A whole second storm rolled in and blew apart our, our 4 p.m. round. All of it got moved. We have to do it at a different time. Had to go back to their bunks again, wait out the storm again, and then come back out for team time before dinner. And that's when it gets interesting. Because after all that action and all that in and out with the storm, the scores got a lot closer. Blue, behind by almost 70 points at some point, before the evening activities, had clawed within striking distance of gray. The Spartans were not completely down and out, not even close, before the action of the evening. Gray, 647 points. Blue, 618. 18. Not a comfortable distance anymore for the Gray Tigers. I'm actually going to do the second half of this after this break. So that is your Blue Sheet Report for today. The second full day of Color War, third technical day. magnificent and busy thing to run Camp Cobbacy and each day I make it out of the office and into the breeze and sunlight of Cobbacy itself and spend time with your boys. Sometimes it's a game of knockout, sometimes it's watching an inner camp, and sometimes it's just marvelous one-on-one time with a single boy. Those times are often my favorite times. This is what I saw today. Color War itself is a marquee event. The kids will talk about it all year. You Cobbacy families who are new to our whole family will be listening to the songs that the boys create here in a few days you'll be hearing the stories and you will be singing along with us all year long long after we've stopped singing those songs everything's marquee but within that there are some events that are truly unstoppably amazing they're just epic and we had not one but two of them today in the evening that's what the storm did to us Double stacked. It was like a double stuffed Oreo of total epic Cobbacy stuff. So check it out. First we have the giant relay. Then we basically pivot hard and go do a huge rope burn. And because these things are almost impossible to describe in terms of their epicness, I have not one but two cameo appearances on this Cobbacy podcast. Starting with the architect of so much of Color War in total. 
but also the mastermind behind the giant relay, and that is our athletic director, my good friend, former head of soccer, General Jamie Miller. What's up, Jamie? Hey, Josh. Thrilled to be on the podcast. <laughs> I'm a regular listener myself, so happy to be here. That's great. You guys can't see this, but there's this boom mic that's attached to my desk, and we're just moving it back and forth. So if you hear laughing, that's because we're both bent double here. <laughs> so, Jamie, what, what we're going to talk about is the Giant Relay. Let's just start with the basics. Why is the Giant Relay so epic? Why do the kids love it? Why is it an important part of Cavasi's Color War in general before we talk about tonight's? Right. I mean, I think the Giant Relay is... You know, it's a very, I would say, a campy event. There, It can be very silly at times, and it can be very, you know, sports-focused as well, but it's just a great big package of, of that. Um, as we have gotten bigger as a camp, the Giant Relay has gotten bigger because the idea is that each boy does at least one thing in the Giant Relay. Um, so tonight, the, the Relay was 120 spots for each team. So such a massive undertaking and it takes a real team effort uh, to execute it and there's so much planning involved and it's just it takes place all over camp and it's one of those things you can't describe it unless you have uh, have seen it it's just amazing so just so our parents can get an idea and our families the farthest into the waterfront the giant relay makes it is how far uh, in this particular one there's canoes that uh, went around the docks and the farthest away from the waterfront, up by the road, how high did this get as the parents come in? You know, how, how close to the front of the very fr front gate of camp? So exit roadside the, up to Stryker Street where that's kind of even with lacrosse. And then the seven mile per hour sign as you approach the lacrosse and soccer fields. So that's how high uh, we went up today. Literally spanning all 110 acres. Uh, how many spots again? 120 spots for it. by far a uh, a Cobbacy record so imagine i'm an eight-year-old and i'm standing there and my job is to run from a to b somewhere i know that every single person on my team is also in this relay it may be the first time i've ever been on the sports field and competing with someone who's 15 who's also 12 or 13 and so on it's pretty amazing now everyone got done with this one and was like breathing hard and looking at each other with big wide eyes saying this was the best the best which is a lot saying a lot the best giant relay ever why were they saying that well typically the giant relay happens in the afternoon that's its kind of classic spot um for a few reasons we decided you know our schedule's been shifted it's also been as you know very hot so we decided hey let's try Let's try and do it at night. So we were fighting the clock in terms of lights and um, it just had a, had, kind of had a different feel to it with the nighttime start as well as, you know, it just kept getting darker and darker and darker. And we were fighting that and it just, you know, people might listening might think, well, that's not good, but it actually added such an element of uh, character to, to the whole thing. And, uh, it, it was just really, really special. And for the, the, you know, camp aficionados, the ones who come back year after year, this, this will be a really, really memorable, uh, giant relay. I would add also that because it was dark, everyone started getting creative. There were lights that got, you know, literally stations lit up by golf carts and vans and anything that required any sort of detail work got lit up by somebody's innovation. 
or some sort of, you know, a, a, literally a working lamp got stuck above the flagpole so we could see what was happening with the, the bed relay part. All kinds of stuff like that happened. So camp looked different. It looked like a carnival kind of. All these lights scattered through the woods. It was great. And also, you left out the other part, which is that it was so close. I mean, what, nine lead changes? Tell us about that. Yeah, that was uh, by far what would make it the most epic is it was incredibly close. I mean, to give you an idea, this took, um, I think, about an hour and 15 minutes to complete. So the teams near the end with five spots to go were literally side by side running to spot 115. So in the end, uh, in the end, Blue pulled it out, but uh, you know the winning margin was so tight and such a such a crazy memorable experience. All gathering together by the flagpole right at the end as a whole camp, um, it was wonderful. Thank you, Jamie, and of course, thank you for all your hard work with this. This was truly epic. I w- you guys will see the pictures, but there was a couple that are just so remarkable. That's that one. And with Blue winning, well, that thing's worth 40 points. It's just a 40-point take. There's no first or second or anything. So that means the score was a lead change also for Color War. Gray found themselves trailing at the end of that relay with the 40 points. It was blue winning, 658 to 647. And then the next event happened. It is the rope burn. It is about as camp as it gets. And we have in front of us someone who's won an uncountable number of rope burns himself. He used to be the man that you would draft just to make the rope burn go your way. Director of Adventure, our staffing director, my friend, Matt Jonesy Jones. What's up, Jonesy? Thank you for having me, Josh. Absolute pleasure to be here tonight. I'm usually very busy at this time of evening, but uh, I'm happy to make time. Thank you. So nice to have Jonesy here uh, in his busy schedule at 11 p.m. Um, so, Jonesy, generally speaking, why is the rope burn so amazing? I was thinking about this question, Josh. I'll hear you with a couple of uh, buzzwords here. So primal, intense terrifying <laughs> exciting i mean straight up it's just one of the biggest fires most of these boys and staff will have been around it's going to be like an incredible memory for everyone that's there like no one is involved in rope burn and isn't moved by the magnitude and the heat and the intensity of you know teams of 120 i mean 180 with staff right just screaming burn baby burn uh and obviously yeah i just think it's a really intense awesome event that we run chanting was awesome i think something that i would put into this is that you have the i mean they gather wood all day for two days so we have like pickup trucks loads of wood they don't use pickup trucks but that's how much it would take to to move it uh and so these flames are big we have massive safety protocols just to set up our minds at ease uh we have big old boxes that you can't move behind everybody has to move really deliberately one of the things that was so cool tonight that I noticed was that because the fire teams have to be so careful, they are moving really slowly. And for the first, whatever, 10 minutes, there was almost no talking in the whole, it was like, it was like uh, watching a clinic 
a fire building. Everyone was really careful and quiet and watching. The staff was quiet. The kids were quiet. And you could hear the fire team talking. Oh, this one goes here. This one goes here. Try this. And then suddenly they realized they could cheer and it got really loud. What happened tonight, Jonesy? Take us through the result. Well, Josh, uh, it started off pretty slow, as you say. I was pretty taken back by the silence that was awash in the crowd. Uh, and then uh, the minute one team starts to, they, they pre-build, well, they don't pre-build, they put together a torch and then they go to a central fire to start their burn. And that's up to the teams when they want to get that going. So some people take ages to build this huge sort of log cabin and then light this Viking pyre funeral. Um, is that what I would say? A Viking, Viking pyre, pyre funeral? Maybe cut that out. Um, <coughs> a Viking. Uh, so from Viking pyre funeral. Uh, and then uh, obviously they light it. Uh, but usually the minute someone starts to light, the other team immediately panic and start to realize that they need to get theirs lit as well started off well uh i think mika for the gray team had a really interesting uh they had a really solid base they had a lot of charcoal in there not seen that before um so it's extremely hot once he got going uh and then they they just had a really methodical build which ultimately gave them the victory i think blue had a really good frame they got going very quickly it did burn out in the middle but then the frame sort of saved them and then ultimately it wasn't to be uh but i think that was an issue with their staging of material I think I knew that I was pretty good at this when I started to walk through the woods of Cobbacy in my third summer, and like I could not see Deadwood and think about whether it would be good for rope burn or not. So it's some kind of change from this experience. Matt, Matt Jones, everybody, just in case you're wondering what happens to the score there, maybe if you're doing math at home, Gray wins the rope burn. The scores after all that. Are you ready for this? We're on. We're about to start day four, technically the third full day. And the scores as the kids are nodding off. Gray, six, six, seven. Blue, six, five, eight. It doesn't get any closer than this, Cobbacy families. This is epic. So epic. And so that is our little informal podcast for yet another glorious day at Camp Cobbacy for boys. Your boys are no doubt already asleep with steady counselors watching over them, nodding off, surrounded by their friends, loons sounding on the lake. All is well in this place set apart.